Welcome to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel, where you will receive the essential tools to take your faith to the next level. I am your host, Brian Ratliff, and I currently pastor Clearbrook Baptist Church in Roanoke, Virginia. Here is the latest message preached from one of our services. Grab your Bible, pen, notepad, and get ready to jumpstart your faith. Today, I label my thoughts with the two words, Christmas faith. And if you walk away with anything, really, you can walk away with one word, and that is peace. Would you say that with me? Peace. Say it again, please. Peace. Imagine with me going back about six to seven hundred years ago. And there, the prophet Isaiah received his calling and mission from God. And if you have ever been called to a certain task, perhaps in your mind you begin to envision certain things. So I can see Isaiah along with his wife and his family. I can see him envisioning a ministry that is full of great fruit. That is when he would go out and preach God's word, the multitudes would bow their knee to the message of the word of God. But I want you to know this, that when Isaiah went out and preached, his, his message was, was not received like Billy Graham's message all over the world. His message was not received like Adrian Rogers' message all over the world today. Isaiah's message was received with fruitless ministry. Or at least it seemed as if it was fruitless in his day. I believe that there's times in our lives where we go through seasons of great fruit in our ministry and we receive that fruit and God is producing great products through the souls being saved. But I want you to know this, that there's times in life, in the Christian life, when people are out serving God and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and preaching and people are not going to get saved. Then there's going to be times of a great harvest like Billy Graham, like Adrian Rogers and many others we could talk about. But Isaiah's purpose was to plow the field that was hardened to the word of God. And today I like what one commentator said. It says this, that, that in the midst of, of his life, he was so dedicated to God Almighty that tradition tells us. And sometimes tradition is true and sometimes tradition is not. But tradition has it that Isaiah died under King Manasseh around 695 to 642 B.C. by being cut in two with a wooden saw. And the commentators say that we refer to him in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 37. I say that to say this, that even though a man who is preaching and preaching and preaching God's word over and over and over again, and nobody was receiving his word that God gave him, I want you to know this, that God, through this man, writes words about the Prince of Peace, of how even though Isaiah was out ministering and nobody was receiving it, God still gave him peace. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't matter what you're going through today, God can still give you peace. And no matter what storm, no matter what season of life, God can give you the peace of mind to go through what you're going through. You know, I love the Christmas songs, and, and, and Mark Lowry wrote probably everybody's favorite Christmas song. You know, Mark Lowry was a graduate of Liberty University many years ago, and he got connected with the Gaither Vocal Band, and they were out touring around the United States, and him and this guy, Buddy Green, come together, and, and, and he had, Mark had this, this poem that he wrote for Christmas play at the church that he was involved in that his pastor asked him to write. 
And he says that, as he recalls writing the song, he says that I just wanted to write a song as if I was sitting down, having a cup of coffee with Mary and asking her a few questions. And I love the insight and perspective this song gives. It says, Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day walk on water? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby boy has come to make you new? This child that you've delivered would soon deliver you. Mary, did you know that your baby boy would give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would calm a storm with his hand? Did you know that your baby boy has walked where angels trod? And when you kiss your little baby, you've kissed the face of God. He says, the blind will see, the deaf will hear, the dead will live again, the lame will leap, the dumb will speak, the praises of the Lamb. And the last verse says this, Mary, did you know that your baby boy is Lord of all creation? Mary, did you know that your baby boy would one day rule the nations? Did you know that your baby boy is heaven's perfect lamb? That sleeping child you're holding is the great I am. As I was thinking about this passage in Isaiah chapter 9, this song was brought to my attention of how the lyrics talk about how this baby boy would one day rule the nations and be Lord of all creation. And today as we see this passage, yes, this passage talks about five specific names of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. But I believe it's a little bit more than just this. I believe that He is the Prince of Peace who's going to deliver peace to our world. But He's going to rule and reign not just in the Millennial Kingdom, but in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever. And His kingdom, there shall be no end. And we are called to advance His kingdom, not our agenda. We are called not to build empires on this earth, but to march forward the gospel of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God. Today, I want you to know this, that there is no peace outside the Prince of Peace. There is no peace outside the Prince of Peace. So that is my key statement today. If we could summarize all that I'm about to share with you, it is that there is no peace outside the Prince of Peace. I want you to know this, that you might have peace, temporal peace here on this earth for a season. But what I'm speaking of today is I'm speaking of eternal peace. There is no, there is nothing in this world that could ever satisfy that longing in your heart, in your mind to have that eternal peace only found in Jesus Christ. Today, as we come to Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6, yeah, we, we, we think about the prophet Isaiah. Yes, we think about this baby child named Jesus who it's referring to. But I want you to know this, that he is the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father and the prince of peace. But my question for us all today, is he your wonderful savior? Is he your counselor? Is he your mighty God? Is he your everlasting father? And is he your prince of peace? So with that in mind, I wrote down five statements I want to share with you just briefly. I wrote down, first of all, I have peace because Jesus is my wonderful God. I have peace because Jesus is my wonderful God. I want to draw your attention to the word wonderful. Would you say that word with me? Wonderful. This word in our passage, it literally means marvelous and a miracle. We know that just the simple birth of Jesus was miraculous. He was born like all of us were born. 
but he was conceived in a way that none of us were conceived and that made him the son of God. So today I want you to know this, that, that out the gate, I believe that Jesus is exactly who he said he was, the son of God, the savior of the world. And because he had a miraculous birth, I believe that he had a miraculous death. And when he went to die on the cross, it wasn't just a, a malefactor there, like on his right and left. It was a unique death because when he died, he was the lamb of the universe who was dying in our place, in our spot, so that our, our sins could be covered and washed away by his precious blood. But he had a miraculous birth. Yes, he had a miraculous death, but I want you to know this, that give God the glory. He had a miraculous resurrection. And because he lives, we celebrate his birth today. Because he lives, we can face any triumph, any tribulation, anything this world brings our way because he is the wonderful God. But my question for you, is he your wonderful God? I believe, yes, he had a miraculous birth. Yes, he had a miraculous death. Yes, he had a miraculous resurrection. But I want you to know this, that the day that he saved you, it was a miraculous rebirth and, and regeneration in your spiritual life. And today, if you have bowed your knee and confessed your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you are a child of God. You've been regenerated by his spirit. But if you have not been born again, my fellow friend, the Holy Spirit does not live inside you. As the Bible says, that the Holy Spirit was left on this earth to do. He is the wonderful, miraculous God. Yes, we could talk about all day of all the miracles he did on this earth, how he turned water into wine, how he raised Lazarus from the dead, how he gave sight to those who were blind, how he gave ears to those who could not hear, how he made the cripple and the paralyzed to walk again, how he touched bodies and restored health, how a woman came and touched his garment and instantly she was made whole of her blood disease. He is the miraculous, wonderful God. And I believe in him and I have peace because he is my wonderful God. Today I want to draw your attention to the second word, counselor. I wrote down secondly, I have peace because Jesus is my counselor, God. I have peace because Jesus is my counselor, God. The Bible says here, not just wonderful, but also counselor. This word, it literally means to advise, to resolve an issue, and to give counsel. You know, throughout the years that I've been preaching and, and serving the Lord, people have come to me and asked me advice now. For what it's worth, sometimes I'll give it and sometimes I won't. But what I've got come to do is, especially when people I can tell that they're not asking questions to, to benefit spiritually or to gain an understanding of the Word of God, they're asking because they want to know what I have to say about an issue. So I'll say, are you sure you want me to tell you? <laughs> They'll ask me, like, hey, do you believe that, 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 that Jesus is who he says he was? Yes, I believe. They'll come to me and they'll ask me questions like, hey, Brother Brian, what do you think about alcohol? Hey, Brother Brian, what do you think about gambling? Brother Brian, what do you think about this? Well, of course, they should know what I'm going to say. But then they'll get mad at me because I say what I say. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. <laughs> Imagine going to the doctor's office and asking the doctor for advice and then you getting mad at the doctor because the doctor gave you the advice that you did not want to hear. <laughs> well, that's why I believe that what a lot of the Pharisees did to Jesus. 
They came to him asking him questions, not so that they could be advised and counseled by him. But I want you to know this, that, that if you want counsel, the Bible says that Jesus is able to give it to you. Now, I might be able to take God's word and I might be able to share to you what the Bible says about certain issues. But I want you to know this, that Jesus is your counselor and he's given us a guide map and a and a textbook. And it's called the Bible. And Psalm 119, the Bible literally says that God's word is our counselor. Do you want advice for your life? Do you want to be advised? Well, you can go to the psychiatrist or the professional licensed counselor or you can. Go to Jesus. And yes, I know that there's times that we need to get professional help. I'm not belittling that in any way, shape, or form. But I want you to know this, that Jesus Christ has the power, has the authority, has the capability of answering all of life's questions and solving them for us. He is my counselor, God. When we need advice, let's go to Jesus. When we need to understand that he is a miraculous God, let's go to him to perform a miracle. I have peace today because Jesus is my wonderful God and because he is my counselor God. But now I want to share with you, the Bible goes on to say, not only wonderful, not only counselor, but the mighty God. Would you say those three words with me? The mighty God. Say it again, please. The mighty God. If you do not believe that Jesus is the mighty God, you have a serious problem. Because if you died, you would stand before God, who is the mighty God, and he would say, depart from me, I never knew you, into what the Bible calls hell. A place of eternal torment. When Jesus was on this earth, he was the mighty God. The Bible literally says in Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that God was manifested in the flesh. So that verse literally reveals to us that the Son of God, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, came and He lived on this earth and He died a sinner's death, as we've talked about before. But, but, but it says that He performed all these miracles. He was born of a virgin. He was resurrected because, why? He was the mighty God. Only God could do that. The Bible says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Bible says, the same was in the beginning with God, and all things were made by Him, and without, any, without, and without Him was not anything made that was made. The Bible goes on to say, it talks about His Godhead in, in 1 John. It says, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Jesus is the mighty God. But is he your mighty God? He is the omnipotent God of the universe. The all-powerful God. But is he your all-powerful God? He is the God that spoke the world into being. He's the God who gave you life and gave me life. He is the God that provides for needs. Gives healing to those who need healing. But is he your mighty God? Is he the God that's providing for you? Is he the God that is giving you healing? Is he the God that is making a way in your life when it does not seem to be a way? He is my mighty God today. Isaiah declared some 600 years ago that this God was the mighty God, powerful God, the God who's able to make the sun stand still for a period of time. The God who's able to, to, to swallow up people in the earth. The God who is able to form mountains and seas and oceans. And the God 
who is able to give life to those who are in their sins. I have peace because Jesus is my mighty God, because he is my counselor God and my wonderful God. But I want to share with you, the Bible goes on to say, the everlasting Father. I wrote down this, fourthly, I have peace because Jesus is my eternal God. I have peace because Jesus is my eternal God. There's this concept or theological teaching called the Trinity. And maybe you've heard of the Trinity. Well, the Bible doesn't specifically say the word Trinity. The Bible word is Godhead. Romans chapter 1 speaks of it. Um, 1 John chapter 5, just quoted the verse earlier, speaks of the Godhead. And this Godhead, the Bible goes back into the book of Genesis and it says, let us make man in our image. So the Bible appears to, in that text, teach a polytheistic theology. That is, that there are many gods. But the Bible says over and over again that there is one God and none beside the one God. So how do we answer this? How do we understand this? I want you to know this, that my mind just doesn't fully comprehend some of the teachings and doctrines found in the Word of God. But I want you to know this, that when Jesus was getting baptized, we see God the Father spoke and God the Spirit came down and God the Son there. All three one being, but different functions. The Bible says that we are created in God's image, a triune being. The Bible says in Thessalonians that we are made up of a soul and body and spirit. And in a sense, that is the way we are made a triune being, just like God. And we may not fully understand this, but we know that the New Testament and the Old Testament clearly declare that Jesus is God and that God is Jesus. And he is the eternal God, the one who always has been, the one who always is, and the one who always will be. He did not have a beginning, and he does not have an ending. He is the Alpha and the Omega, as he said in the book of Revelation. He is the eternal God. My mind can't understand it, because my mind thinks in time, space, and matter, but God created time, space, and matter. He's outside of it, and he looks down and sees it. The only way I can imagine is this. Imagine we are floating in the the Colorado River of the Grand Canyon and somebody is about to go skydiving up in an airplane and they can look down and they can see where you are and where everybody else is floating in the Colorado River. They are not bound to the Colorado River. They're above it and seeing and looking down from above. And I imagine time, space, and matter like this. God created time, space, and matter and he's looking down into the portals of time, space, and matter but he's outside but he can also go in because that's how he came. It's the only way my mind can seem to understand that God is outside of it and he has no beginning. Your life had a beginning. And right now you're in the course of your life. But sometime in the future, maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe 90 years from now, who knows? Your life will come to an ending. The Bible says it's appointed on the man once to die and after this to judgment. We will all stand before God and give an account. This passage says that he is our eternal, everlasting father. So many people have fathers and mothers who have abandoned them, who have mistreated them. And I want you to know this. Maybe, maybe that's you today. I want you to know this, that the Bible says in Joshua, in Deuteronomy, and in Hebrews, that Jesus Christ will never leave us nor forsake us. So when your father or your mother, an earthly father, earthly mother may forsake you and abandon you, God Almighty, our eternal Father, will never abandon you. Amen. Never leave you and never forsake you. 
So yes, he is wonderful. Yes, he's the counselor. Yes, he's the mighty God, but he is our everlasting father. Is he your everlasting father today? When you pray, do you pray our father, which art in heaven? I have peace because Jesus is my eternal God. He is my mighty God, my counselor God, my wonderful God. But I share with you lastly, I have peace because Jesus is the peaceful God. I have peace because Jesus is the peaceful God. Here the Bible says the last description or name of Christ. It says he is the Prince of Peace. Would you say that with me? The Prince of Peace. One more time, please. The Prince of Peace. Our world is searching for peace. Our world wants peace, and let's just be frank. Wouldn't it be nice if we had peace all over the world, especially in Washington, D.C.? Come on now, that'll preach. We need peace there. We need peace in politics. We need peace in our professions. We need peace in our congregation here and in every nation all over the world. But I want you to know this, that as long as life is being lived out without the Prince of Peace in full charge, there will never be peace. We might sign treaties and, and have peace treaties, but those treaties will one day be broken. When I read this passage about the Prince of Peace, and then we read in verse number seven, I believe that verse number seven, sure, yeah, it's talking about the kingdom that has no end, but I believe it, it, it is also referring to a time when Jesus is going to come and his government is going to be a theocracy. So I want you to know this. I say this respectfully. Every form of government outside of theocracy is a perverted way to do government. God's way of government is he is in charge and he gives the laws. And when I say perverted, I just mean twisted. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I mean it's twisted from the pure form of government that God has established. And in the millennial kingdom on this earth, in the days to come, when Jesus comes, you know, we're going to have the tribulational period. And during the tribulational period, Thessalonians talks about how they're going to be crying for peace and safety. And they're going to get peace and safety. The Antichrist is going to sign a peace treaty, but he's going to break it about halfway through. And then the Bible talks about how there's going to be an unleashing from the pits of hell on this earth like it's never have been. And there's going to be war and war and war like we've never seen it. But Jesus will plant his foot on the Mount of Olives. And the Bible says in Revelation 20 and throughout the Old Testament prophets such as Isaiah and Zechariah and some of the others. And he will plant his foot there and establish a millennial kingdom for 1,000 years. Six times in Revelation 20 it says 1,000 years. And there he will make peace on this earth. And it is the beginning of an age of eternal peace. Now, I know that we may never experience peace right here in the here and now in our world. But I want you to know this, that you can experience peace right in your heart today through Jesus Christ. You see, he gives me peace. When we go through these storms, he gives us peace. When we go through these trials, when we're on the mountains, when we're in the valleys, he gives us peace throughout all these things. And in Mark chapter 4, we read about how Jesus was sleeping on a boat. And a storm was raging. And they came and they awoke him from his sleep. And he walked out on that ship and he said, peace, be still. 
I am not naive enough to think that you're going, that you're just smelling all the roses of life in a beautiful way right now during this season. I know that this is a great day of celebration. You know, as far as this, this month, we're celebrating Jesus' birth, his first advent. But I know that sometimes the holiday season is a very trying season, especially if you've lost a loved one or, or you're going through some family problems or marital problems. This can be a hard time of life. And I want you to know this, that God is there. He sees you and he's there to give you peace. And he can walk into the storm of your life and say, peace, be still. We read about the Christmas story. And in the Christmas story in Luke chapter 2, we read about how the, the shepherds received a message from the messenger, the angel. And they, they heard the voices of those angels praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. We read about in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 1. It says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. Jesus can give you peace. And only Jesus can give you peace. There is no peace outside the Prince of Peace. You know, earlier we, we highlighted a song. Mary, did you know? Now we know Jesus walked on water. Now we know Jesus can deliver our sons and daughters. Now we know that he's come to make us new. The Bible says that we are a new creation or a new creature in him. The Bible says that we know now that, that the child that Mary delivered is the one who would deliver her and all of us. We know that he would give sight to the blind man. We know that he would calm the storm with just his hand. We know that he would, has walked where angels has trod in heaven. We know that he was God, we know that he is now and always has been Lord of all creation and will one day in the near future rule on this earth. And that when he died, there was no spot, there was no blemish found in him, thought, word, and deed. And there he died on the cross as heaven's perfect sacrificial lamb. And we know that when he was on this earth, he said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. I am the life. He said, I am the resurrection. He said, I am the door. He said, I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. Going back to the days of Moses, when Moses said, what, what shall I say to them? He said, tell them, I am that I am sent you. And so Jesus literally declared, he is the great I am. Do you have peace today, church? There is no peace outside of the Prince of Peace. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Jumpstart Your Faith podcast channel. As a token of my appreciation for you listening today, I would like to give you my free ebook devotional called Jumpstart Your Faith 30 Days to a Renewed Faith in Christ. Just go to www.pastorbrianratliff.com to download it. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast channel to listen to more messages like today's. And if these messages have been helpful to you, please leave a review. If I could be of any help in your spiritual walk, please let me know by emailing me at pastorbrianratliff at yahoo.com. And one last thing, if you're in Roanoke, please consider joining us for one of our worship services at Clearbrook Baptist Church. Until next time, may God's blessings be upon you and have a great week.